says, whoever remembers death excessively is honored with three things. Whoever remembers death excessively is honored with three things. Number one, he repents quickly. Number two, he is contented with his wealth. And number three, eagerness and attachment is created in his ibadah. The first thing is he repents quickly. If a person remembers death and he remembers how uncertain death is, that it could strike at any moment. If he's made a mistake, he slipped up, he will now be concerned that I should make Toba very quickly because I have no idea whether I'll get a chance later. Later might be too late. Then the second thing is he's contented with his wealth. If a person knew for sure that he has a very limited time left in dunya. He has maybe, say, somebody tells him, let alone one day and one month, somebody tells him, you've got one year left. Somehow he's received some direct information. Nobody will, do, will receive this as an example and guaranteed he's got one year still left. Is he going to now use that one year to amass dunya? He knows my time is numbered, my days are numbered. My time is limited. What am I going to amass the dunya and do? I have to now amass for the akhirat. So when a person keeps remembering death and he is, he's got death in front of him, he will still plan ahead because dunya is dunya. But he won't make long, long plans. He will do what is moderate, but his focus will be towards the akhirat. And as a result of this remembrance of death, he'll be content that greed for dunya won't overtake him. He'll make an, a moderate effort to earn dunya. But it won't be that this greed consumes his heart and he is now, this becomes the tibla of his life, how to keep multiplying the figures. This won't be the case. And number three, the eagerness and attachment is created in his ibadah. You know, on hadith, Nabi Salaam says that perform salah sallu salata muwaddi'in. This too is another remembrance of death which should be at the time of every salah. That performs salah like a person who is performing his last salah of his life. If somebody had to be told, the angel of death came and whispered in his ear just before salah, that this is your last salah, I'm taking you after this salah. When you make salam, then you're making salam forever from dunya. If a person had to hear this whisper of Malakul Maut in his ear, what kind of salah he'll perform? So this attachment will come in his ibadat with the remembrance of death. That this is the thing that he has to do to make his akhirat. And therefore he'll become attached to ibadat. And whoever is unmindful of death is afflicted with three punishments. Number one, his repentance from sins is delayed. Because he always says tomorrow or later, now it's time to enjoy life. Later then we will come right. But do we have any idea how much time we have left in dunya? Later may never come, it might be too late. It might be the last moments, how many times person, young person, the bloom of his life, something happens, an accident, something else, person is gone. So who's got any guarantee of he's going to live till tomorrow, live till later tonight? So therefore, repentance should never be delayed. But if a person is unmindful of death, then he keeps postponing repentance and toba. 
Number two, he is unhappy with his income. He always considered, considers it to be meager, no matter how much it may be. He is unhappy with his income. That is, he always considers it to be meager, no matter how much it may be. So this never finishes off. When this becomes the condition of a person, this is what Nabi Sallallahu has described in the hadith, that لَوْ أَنَّ لِإِبْنِ آدَمَ وَادِيًا مِّنْ ذَهَبٍ أَحَبَّ If this insan had a whole valley of gold, a valley of gold, several generations won't finish it. The whole, maybe his lineage, progeny won't finish it. But When he's acquired that one valley, he'll be looking at the next one. When the next valley of gold will come. And how will it come? So this, when this overtakes a person, then there's no end to it. Nabi Islam says, the only thing then will fill his belly, only the sand of the grave. Then now it's over. But in this is the hope that Nabi Islam gives again, but if a person turns to Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala accepts him also. Then Allah Ta'ala will remove this condition of his if he sincerely comes back to Allah Ta'ala, depends on this. So in any case, this becomes the second issue when a person is unmindful of death, that he's forever unhappy with his income. No matter how much it may be, it's still less. And number three, laziness is created in his ibadat. Laziness is created in his ibadat. The same example that we took, Malakul Maut whispers in somebody's ear that this is your last salah. So for example, Fajr Azan has gone and Malakul Maut comes and whispers to this person in his bed. The person who says that I just can't wake up Fajr time. It is impossible for me to get out of that bed. Try as much as I want, it just doesn't work out. But at that time, Malakul Maut whispers in his ears that today, after Fajr time has just expired, you are gone, I'm taking you. That day will he still remain sleeping in his bed? That he somehow got this message that he's going. Many a person says that they just can't wake up. Fajr time, but somehow, sometimes some other dunya issues come up. In the early part of the morning, somebody has to catch a flight. Somebody has to go for some other important work somewhere. They has to leave early in the morning, before Fajr time. And sometimes somebody has to go catch fish at that time. <laughs> but for that, somehow the eyes open, the person gets out of bed, everything works out. So this is all just the excuses of nafs and shaitan. It's all the excuses of our nafs and the prompting of shaitan. It comes in the hadith that a person who sleeps and then he sleeps throughout the night without waking up. So as he goes to sleep in this way, shaitan ties three knots behind his head and he taps him and he says have a long night don't wake up even for Fajr and when this person sleeps throughout the night in that manner then shaitan urinates in his ear Allah's Nabi Islam is saying this authentic hadith shaitan bala shaitan fi uzunihi and then when he wakes up he wakes up in a very lethargic state, very lazy state, and there is no drive, no enthusiasm in him. He's totally listless, and his whole day goes like that. 
And for deen, he will be now very sluggish and lethargic throughout the day. And a person who wakes up in the night and remembers Allah Ta'ala, as soon as he wakes up, he takes the name of Allah Ta'ala. So as soon as he takes the name of Allah Ta'ala, he recites his kalima, he takes the name of Allah Ta'ala, one knot automatically opens out. Then he goes and performs wudu. The second knot of shaitan opens out. And then he performs salah, two rakats of salah. Rasulullah when he used to wake up for tahajjud, the first two rakats used to be very short. And then he would perform very lengthy rakats. Sometimes in two rakats he's reciting what amounts to about six, seven paras. But the first two rakats used to be surah kafirun and surah ikhlas. Very short. So the muhaddithin explained one note on this, that this is, that this third knot of shaitan also must get opened out very quickly. So as soon as this person has performed the two rakat salah, the third knot of shaitan is opened out also. Now when he wakes up in this way, then asbaha nashitan, asbaha, he wakes up in a way that he is very energetic and in a very good manner. There is a good feeling within him. All this is the barakat of having woken up on time for his salah. Some muhaddithin of the view this pertains to tahajjud salah. But the least is that it will apply to fajr salah. So when a person has this consciousness of death in front of him, then all this will become very easy to undertake, to wake up for fajr in time. Now he won't be lethargic and lazy and like he can wake up for dunya, he'll be more ready to wake up for the call of Allah Ta'ala. That Allah Ta'ala has called. The Mu'azzin has relayed the call of Allah Ta'ala. If a person at that time gets a message that the mayor is calling you, and if somebody gets a message that the president is calling you, there's a call, he'll jump out of his bed. So who is that president and who is that mayor and who is that very big person of dunya? That person is just as in need as us. He's totally dependent like we are. Yet because he has some kind of little bit of position in society or some power or some authority or whatever, as a result of his call, we will jump. Here our creator is calling. Allah Ta'ala is calling. So a person needs to bring these things to mind and respond to the call of Allah Ta'ala in that way. Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi says, all praise is only for that pure being who has twisted the necks of mighty oppressors and tyrants, broken the backs of great kings, and terminated the hopes of rich treasure owners through death. Fir'aun thought that everything is for him. For 40 years he didn't even suffer a headache. And he thought everything is his. He started making big claims. Ana rabbukumul a'la. And all his claims that I am the greatest. But what happened to him also? He also ended up in the dust. Allah Ta'ala disgraced and debased him also. And all the tyrants, where are they now? The tyrants of bygone years are already gone. All their necks are broken and backs have been broken. The tyrants of today also, if they don't make toba, they also are going to meet the same fate. So this death is going to come to everyone. All these people were such that they hated the remembrance of death. But when the command of Allah came, that is the time of death came, they were thrown into a pit from high mansions. They were flung beneath the ground. 
and from soft beds in the illumination of bulbs they were thrown into the darkness of the grave. Instead of playing with slave boys and slave girls, they got entangled with the insects of the earth. Instead of enjoying delicious food and drink, they were made to roll in dust. And instead of being in the company of friends, they were made to suffer the dreariness of solitude. Have they protected themselves against death by means of a strong fort? Or have they adopted any other means to save themselves from death? Pure is that being who has no partner in his quality of force and subdual. Only his being is ever-living. None resembles him. When everybody has to face death, return to the soil, live with the insects of the grave, face Munkar and Nakir, stay between the earth and abode for a long period of time, be a witness to the severe scenes of the day of Qiyamah and thereafter to be still ignorant of whether one will enter Jannah or Jahannam. Then it is of utmost importance that the worry of death should subdue every person. Its concern should overpower everything else. Its remembrance should remain a hobby. Its remembrance should remain a hobby. Many of us like to have some hobby, some pastime. But time is passing us. We don't have to try to pass time. The day will come when we will have passed away also. So this should be a kind of hobby, a remembrance of death, a kind of hobby in the sense that it's a constant thing, regular thing. Engaging in its preparation should always continue and awaiting its approach should always be one's occupation as no particular time has been appointed for its approach, for, its, for it is unknown when it will come. Therefore, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said, an intelligent person is he who has control over himself and remains occupied in those deeds which will benefit him after death. Preparation for a certain thing cannot take place unless a person is always concerned about it and always remembers it. A person who is engrossed in this world entangled in the deceptive things of this world and fascinated by its enjoyments, his heart becomes completely negligent of death. And if death be remembered, he dislikes it. With regard to this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the death which you are running away from will seize you. Then you will return to that pure being who knows the unseen and the seen. He will inform you about that which you did. Allah ta'ala give us a tawfiq of making this a part of our daily mamul. This is the purpose of discussing this, that it's not something for the month of Ramadan. This is something for life. This is something that we should be making a part of our daily practice to dedicate some time, even if that some time is a few minutes, two, three minutes, but at some part of the day to consciously and deeply think about one's own death. This is the time of my death. Now am I ready for it? Time has come and I got to leave. Have I prepared for it? Is it something that I can now be happy to go? So this is the thing to think in that way. And if suddenly death had to come, what would be the things I would wish I had already done? Is it that time only that I would wish that I had, for example, made the qaza of all my salah? Or I had sorted out all my monetary affairs? Or the rights of people that are due upon me? That I had would have sorted that out beforehand or somebody I should have already asked him for maaf 
and sorted out that. But now it's moments ticking away and life is going. It's too late to do anything. So that which we would regret later, we still have this chance, the life we have. So to sit down and think about this death and then think about what we would have liked to do had that come right now. So then do it. Don't leave it for another time. Allah knows best whether another time will come. Allah Ta'ala gives us, give us tawfiq. Akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfirullah.